Hey, Brittany, welcome to the Rising Executive Podcast. Uh, this is a podcast where we interview some of the world's best uh, up-and-coming startup leaders, and we ask them about things like leadership, management, uh, and culture building. Uh, so welcome, Brittany. Awesome. Thanks for having me. And for those listening, uh, Brittany is Senior Product Marketing Team Lead at Atlassian. Um, she's been a manager and team leader for a number of years now. So uh, it's going to be great to just ask you about a few different things. So the first thing I want to talk to you about, Brittany, is uh, the concept of feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something we talk a lot about internally within our own community, but I'd just love to get your perspective on it. Uh, obviously, feedback is a really important management concept. But with the team that you currently manage and the direct reports that you have, how do you generally approach uh, giving candid feedback uh, to your team? Yeah. I mean, uh, I'll default to the, the answer everyone hates is it depends, right? But I think that's the crux of it, right? Is identifying how each individual wants and receives feedback. So there's some people who take um, take feedback very sensitive and like it, you know, takes a home at night and, and feels critique. And then there's others where you kind of have to hit them in the face with, with feedback, right? And be very blunt because they're like so busy or, or scatterbrained. So um, I think uncovering that yourself as a manager, but also being open to asking, what is your preferred feedback style? Would you prefer dedicated meetings where we talk about feedback? Would you prefer it go on the fly as you're going about your day-to-day job? So that's definitely how I approach it. Um, My personal preference and style uh, as manager is a little bit less formal, less daunting kind of regular cadence as opposed to these formal, like, let's talk next week, 30 minute meeting. I have a bunch of feedback for you, right? That like sets the mindset, kind of puts people on edge. And so I approach it more on a case by case or project by project basis. So, hey, in our weekly one-on-one, that presentation you gave last week was really great. Here's some tips I have or some feedback on how you can improve that. Um, So kind of trying to, uh, have it go continual, but again, it, it definitely depends on the person. Um, for sure, for sure. Yeah. And one just follow up I have on that is, I think one of the challenges of feedback is you want to give it in a way that avoids people getting defensive or totally. activating their ego. And like, have you run into challenges with that? And how have you generally approached that in your career? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's um, sometimes about questioning back of like giving that feedback and then kind of seeing, does this jive with you? Or like, what what was your reception? Or how did you think that presentation went before you even deliver that feedback to kind of see? I think you're, I'm always amazed at how much self-awareness people have. So I usually try to start those feedback sessions, especially if they're going to be difficult. Of like, how did you think that presentation went yourself? And I think they'll, they'll surprise you with how much they are receptive to, you know, oh, I didn't think this part went that well. So, yeah, that's I'd agree with that. And we kind of work on that. So, yeah, I, I so, Brittany, one other thing about feedback that I wanted to ask you about is uh, I know that you mentioned you kind of like doing it in a more casual manner. Right. That just puts mm-hmm. people less on edge, which I completely agree with. Uh but do you have also structured feedback sessions every totally. quarter? Um, yep. Is that kind of how you manage it? You have structured and unstructured time where you get feedback? Yeah, exactly. Um, so we do uh, quarterly feedback. So it's just a recurring calendar invite. So it doesn't fall from my top of mind. It doesn't fall from their top of mind. So we definitely do that every quarter. And, and the way that structure is we use a lot of templates, Atlassian Confluence kind of HR templates. Um so there's a lot of things, fields we look at of like, what were your top learnings from last quarter? What do you think you crushed? What projects did you do really well? Where was the learning? Um, and then another exercise I always revisit every single quarter because it can change is what I kind of call your ideal resume, right? So we all know we're, we're in our job for a limited amount of time. We're all looking for that promotion or realistically, we may not be at our company forever on our team forever. So what do you want to get out of this one, two, three, four, five years in this role? 
to then go to the next one. So we literally build kind of our ideal resume. So I lead a product marketing team. So we kind of pull in all the, the top uh, asks um, on job descriptions for product marketers. And we go and kind of evaluate, how do you think you're doing on sales enablement? Do you want to improve on that? Do you feel like you've mastered that? Have you not gotten exposure to that? And so that's another part of the quarterly review is not just feedback on their projects, um, but really thinking future forward of where do you want to go? Um, so that's kind of how we approach quarterly. And then obviously there's annual reviews that every company has for bonus payouts and et cetera. That to me, I see more as like a formality, right? If we're syncing quarterly, we meet weekly, like there shouldn't be any surprises at the, the annual review, uh, you know, out of left field feedback that they haven't already heard in the past. And that's great. And I think that combination of structured and unstructured feedback makes a lot of sense, right? Because if, if it's also too unstructured and you don't give people feedback on like where they are at their career and in their specific domains, that's also not ideal, right? Totally, um, yeah. And in terms of just the sort of when there is negative feedback to give or someone is not maybe performing the way that you'd want expect or the standard that you set, um, obviously that's a tough conversation and, and something that you don't want to surprise your team with or your direct report with. You want to be giving them continuous feedback so that they know that maybe they're not performing their best. But when it does, the rubber hits the road, how have you approached those really tough conversations um, What after that has ever gotten to that point in your career? Yeah, I think it's it's um, cushioning with recognizing all the other great work, right? So like you're, you're going to accentuate this one particular area that you, they need feedback on, but making sure you acknowledge all the other areas that they're crushing it and doing really well. So I think that like making sure that they see that they're a valued employee. And I think also with the feedback is action plans or like tangible feedback, just saying you did this bad, you know, yeah. but how could they improve having ideas? Let's say it's like a missed deadline, for example. Okay. How about we do this project management tool and we assign due dates or add me as a reviewer. So actually help them work through it together. I think that shows that it's not just, this is a you problem. You fix it alone in your silo, get your crap together. It's let's figure out how, like what your working style, how can we work on this together? What processes can we put in place? So I think just that approach of collaborative in itself kind of takes away some of the defensive of this is all on you. For sure. And, and there's one thing you said that I kind of want to double click on, which is the being specific. Mm. Uh, I think that's such an important point with giving feedback because I think it's tricky, right? You don't you don't want to yeah. give feedback very generally. That that's not helpful, and it might just be I've, one area where I've seen people do feedback incorrectly is like if you get feedback on someone's personality or they're, or they're totally. just just how they are, right? Like if someone is uh, has a certain type of personality or they just work a certain way, giving them general feedback almost seems like you're attacking them. Whereas if it's more specific, um, it's one, it's easier for them to correct, and two, it's probably easier for them to digest. Has that been? Have you seen that as well in, in sort of the way that you give feedback? Um, has it been? more productive when it's more specific. Yeah, totally. I think grounding it in the reality of a project or a deliverable is really helpful. Like you said, taking the personality traits out of it. I mean, there are times where people rub rub elbows the wrong way. Um, but I think, like you said, adding any kind of evidence of like the, the reality of this project was handled this way um, kind of helps take away those personality differences. For sure. Um, well, that was great. And so I want to transition a little bit um, away from feedback and towards another topic that I think is really important for managers, which is one-on-ones. Um, mm. And the reason I want to spend some time here is because arguably the one-on-one -on -one with your direct report is is the most important meeting for that direct report and for the manager. So, But there's a lot of different ways I've seen different leaders do it. Um, and I would just love to hear your perspective on sort of how you approach your one-on-ones. Are they structured? Are they unstructured? And kind of like, how do you 
uh, form an agenda for your one-on-ones. Yeah, totally. I've seen a lot of different structures as well. Um, as you can probably tell, my vibe is a little bit more unstructured. So um, I guess like the guardrails I put up for one-on-ones is this is not a time for you to run through all your tasks and give me all the little updates on, I finished this, this is in phase two, this is with design. Um, that's what we have tools for, right? We, we do weekly updates. We can do that async of updates on literal status project updates. This is more a time for us to like, check in. So I think there's like feedback sharing, but then there's also generally like bandwidth mentality. Um, how did they perceive something? So this is something I almost uh, always on every one-on-one ask, like, how is your bandwidth, right? We're asked to do so much and always asked to do more. So is your plate a little empty? Are you feeling overwhelmed? Does something need to drop? Prioritization, something we talk about a lot of times. Um, are you blocked on any projects, right? Are, are you difficult um, getting resources or struggling getting feedback from someone? Um, you know, that recent company announcement, how are you feeling about that? Do you have any questions? Do you have any feedback you want me to deliver from leadership and kind of inform you of what people are thinking about? Um, and then we also use it as kind of like brainstorming working sessions, if you will. So again, not tactics of like, here's the status update of that project, but hey, I'm a little confused at how to think about this problem. Can we just spend a few minutes riffing on it? Um, So that's kind of how I run one-on-ones. And then there's obviously like the ad hoc, if they do want to talk a little bit more like feedback or career growth, we have those quarterly check-ins. But again, I rely heavily on more of the tactical uh, on tools to get those updates. Yeah. And there's one really interesting thing you said um, that I kind of want to ask you more about is you said you don't use one-on-ones for like task or status updates. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is something that I see a lot of managers do in my experience is they will use it to just check in on projects, um, which I think is controversial, right? Because you can argue you can do that in other forums, right? Through email, through Slack. How have you, is that kind of how you think about it as well as like you, is that why you don't want to use that time for status updates? Because you think it's better spent on these sort of other things? Totally. Yeah. You can't get the between the lines of like, no one's going to write in any kind of public facing forum, like a, a project tracker hey, the email team is delayed and causing me to, you know, like they're not going to add that detail, but telling me that I then know how to escalate and talk with the email manager and kind of figure out where where the process is breaking down. So that's the stuff you don't really get um, unless you're on a one-on-one. And even like, you know, over Zoom, because I'm virtual, the, the emotions, the little lights I can see in the eyes, like, oh, they're frustrated with this project. And then I kind of ask, you know, I can ask for status updates, but like, why do you think that project's off track? Like, how, do you feel like you can get it back on track? And kind of asking those double clicks, again, that you can't get from a status update. But I think just here at Atlassian, like we build project management and company-wide collaboration tools. So we rely really heavily on async as much as we can. So we just push um, the whole team, have your status update in a weekly kind of text format, and then we'll dig in where we need to one-on-one. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And one other thing I'm curious about with your one-on-ones is Do you view it as, especially when you're managing somebody new, right? Like, obviously, it's different if you manage someone for a year or two. But do you view it as also just a trust-building meeting, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's That's something I've heard, but I think different managers think about it differently. Um, It seems like that's one of the main benefits is that you're just developing that. It's just a time that you meet with your manager on a weekly basis. And just you can just talk about anything, and that helps the relationship as well. Is that kind of how you think about it? Or are you more sort of um, project-oriented with it, and it's like less about the relationship? 
No, totally team building. I think there's like, that is the time and place. That's why it's called a one-on-one. We have definitely like workshops or presentations where we just really dig into the details. And if you know me, you'll know I'll always ask at the end of the meeting, like, okay, we got five minutes left. What are the action items? What's the recap? What do you want to walk away with? But the one-on-one is more of like just you and me in a room. We're not present. We're not presenting. It's not formal. Like that's where I get to I usually spend the first five minutes chatting about your weekend or how, how's your family? Um, and really developing that because in those working sessions, like my goal is to make those working sessions and as productive as possible. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's something I've heard from a lot of great managers is focus that meeting on just, you know, forget about like the kind of day to day and kind of zoom mm-hmm. out. Because if that meeting becomes a day about the day to day, it's hard to actually build that trust and talk about like some of the bigger picture things. Right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, Great. Well, okay. So one last thing I, I wanted to uh, hear your perspective on is just um, about Atlassian's uh, hiring process and their interview mm-hmm. process and your interviewing process. Could you just talk me through um, for the hires that you've made um, or will make, wh- how do you generally approach um, the recruiting process and the interviewing process? Yeah. Yeah. So the process holistically and like a step or two will be sw- swapped here and there, depending on the hiring manager, but obviously the recruiter screen, then the hiring manager screen, And then it's either skip level or team, or those are vice versa. Um, And Atlassian does a culture fit interview, um, which I really love. It's someone not that doesn't even sit on the team. So again, I'm on the marketing team. We may have an engineer on Trello um, come and join. The point is it's kind of that unbiased person who's really just looking, do they embody the four values that Atlassian has? Um, not knowing anything about their qualifications for the job or what the job entails. So kind of removing that like potential bias from it. Um, sometimes depending on the level, we'll do a, a homework assignment, if you will. We try to keep that to like four hours max, usually kind of putting together like a go to market plan and presenting it to the team as a part of their team interview. But that's kind of subject to the hiring manager and, uh, um, and the, the team and the role. That makes a lot of sense. So, so that's generally how your company structures the process. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can zoom in on sort of how you've approached it yourself, what are the sorts of questions and topics you like to focus on to make sure you're recruiting the people that you think would be do best on your team? Like what, what are really like the thing, your priorities with the interview yeah. process? Yeah. So me as a hiring manager, um, obviously there's the craft of the job. That's what, that's what we call it here is the product marketing craft. So starting to get a glimpse of what is their previous experience. But what I personally care more about is how they think about solving problems. So let's say, you know, sales enablement, again, previous example, Um, let's say they haven't necessarily done that. But it's maybe a nice to have or like, I think they can pick it up fast, I would present a question like, how would you think about building out a sales enabling uh, program? What questions, what research would you conduct to do that? Um, so I'm, uh, I tend to be a bit more of the like thinking and talk me through your process as opposed to tell me about a time when. Um, I think other elements I look for is creativity, right? Um, so the ability to, in that vein, like flex and, and come up with something new and like be willing to try something out of the box that they haven't done. Um, kind of proactive go-getter attitude. I know that's super cliche. Everyone says that. Uh, but I, my background is startups, right? So I've done everything, <laughs> gotten the, the kitchen sink thrown at me. So I love when people bring that kind of energy Um so, you know, data driven, of course, but everyone says that, right? Like it's important to, to bring it back. But those are kind of how I, the, the big chunks that I focus on. And then I tend to the other team members or skip level in the interview process. I give them a little bit of guidance of, hey, here's what I'm focusing on. I'm focusing on the craft and, and their attitude. Can you focus on uh, their previous experience or how they think about this kind of thing? So 
in in those 30 or 45 minutes that I have with someone, I'm, I'm not able to answer all the questions I want, but I'll sometimes seed questions to my teammates or my skip level um, for them to kind of round out the experience. So I feel like I get more insight out of it because I kind of influence those decisions, even though I know I only have 30 or 45 minutes with that person. Yeah, no, that, that's a really good point. And specifically with respect to some of those traits, right? Like, so you mentioned creativity. I think that's a good mm -hmm. example. Um, let's say like you go into that interview being like, I want to figure out if this person is creative or not. Do you have a more structured process for getting that quality out of them? Like, or, or trying to evaluate them for that quality? Like it's, it's something that, um, I know that a lot of hiring managers struggle with. It's like, they have a list of things that they think they want this candidate to have. Um, but how do you actually get it out of them? Right. Or like, how yeah. do you actually evaluate? So like, how, how have you thought about that? Is it more just, you get a feel for it or are you more structured with like, okay, here are the exact questions I'm going to ask to kind of feel get a feel for this person's creativity. Yeah, I think it's double clicking, right? So you, you ask your general question and tell me about a time when you did this. Um, well, what if you didn't have those resources? What would you do? Or hey, what if you missed your goals? And so kind of asking these what ifs or double clicking and asking slightly different angles of like, oh, well, have you thought about, I don't know, bundles or this angle? Um, so that, that A, they're thinking on the spot in an interview in general, but B, you're challenging them to think of not just exactly how they've done things the way that they did at their previous company, because I guarantee the processes and resources are going to be different at their new company. So challenging and making them kind of pivot their story on the spot and figure out, oh, well, if I didn't have that, here's how I think about it. Here's how I'd approach it. So it's really kind of those follow-up questions, digging uh, one, one step deeper. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and in terms of culture fit, I know you uh, touched on this when you talked about your company's hiring process, mm -hmm. but do you also look for those things? Is that in the back of your mind um, when you're interviewing candidates or, uh, and how do you kind of get at those kinds of qualities as well? Yeah, totally. Um, culture is super important for me. So I think part of it is just a vibe you get right from, from the interview questions. Yeah. I always try to save a few at the end um, of uncovering. I ask them, what are they looking for in their next job? Right. I don't necessarily ask, why are you leaving? Everyone hates that question. You always have to, you know, it's not always the best reason you're leaving. So you have to come up with something that sounds polished, but like what, what would make you happy in your next role? What do you want to accomplish? What areas do you want to focus on? What, what, do, what does your ideal manager look like? And then depending on what they say, and if I feel like that's kind of the culture of our team, then I like that kind of checks that box for me. Um, so I just kind of flat out ask them um, at the end before we go to questions where they ask me. For sure. And I think you brought up another interesting topic, which is that there's two types of cultures, right? One is like your, your company culture and, and mm -hmm. two is your team culture. Um, and obviously they'll be somewhat related, but um, do you, do you, I assume you try to get at both things and, and are they like very different and how do you kind of approach that where um, you're almost, I think a lot of startup leaders deal with this, which is like you almost have to evaluate them for two sets of cultures. Obviously they'll be related and similar, but uh, yeah. is that kind of how you think about it? Like, how do you think about that sort of aspect of hiring? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think um, at Atlassian, luckily, they're very intertwined. Um, my primary focus as a hiring manager is my team, right? Because ultimately, most of their day is going to be working with these people and working on these kinds of projects. I think uh, another nice thing that we have here is that separate culture interview. So that person on that separate, you know, engineering team um, is asking those questions from an Atlassian company level perspective. So for me, that box is a bit checked. Um, we go through thorough vetting and training for those culture interview people. So I kind of trust their opinion, crowdsource from the team. Um, so I don't really ask specific questions about company level culture fit personally. 
That ma- that makes sense. And my last question is just more just generally out of curiosity. What how would you describe the culture at, at Atlassian? Um, culture is a topic we spend a lot of time on, and uh, you know, in, in my opinion, every company obviously has its own unique culture, and sometimes it's a strong culture, which is not always a bad thing, right? So just try to get a sense of uh, how different companies or how you would describe your company's um, culture. How would you describe yeah. it? Every company I've worked at has a list of values, right? It's on their About Us page and they throw it up in town hall meetings and, and that's about it. <laughs> that's the thing I love about Atlassian is like, it is every single day, every single project, every single person really values those uh, those values, um, which are don't F the customer, build with heart and balance, open company, no bullshit, play as a team. As you can tell, we've got a couple of curse words in there. We're, we are an Australian-based company, so our founders have that kind of fun, casual uh, attitude and, and, and tone. Um, I'd say extremely collaborative, healthy. Um, I don't even want to call it conflict, but we, we call it sparring. So you go into a room and you you spar, you kind of debate and um, provide different POVs. And, and again, in previous companies, I've seen this as like people get defensive and it's toxic and you're questioning my ideas. And here it's so collaborative and open. People are just like, oh yeah, that's a really good point. Or like, oh no, you know, I disagree, but I, I appreciate it. So I think that like, there's not really this doggy dog and like, I need my name on the top of this project because I drove it. It's really, truly a, a team effort here. So I, it's really unique. And like I said, I feel really cheesy because every company has their values, but it, it really has been a, a unique experience to have the, the values really embedded into our culture. Well, that, that's great to hear. And I definitely agree with you for a lot of companies the state values, but it's really about the week-to-week and day-to-day reinforcement of them. And just based on the conversation, I can tell that um, your company is very invested in. So for example, you mentioned it's uh, the values are incorporated in the hiring process. Uh, mm-hmm. For a lot of companies, that's not true, right? So uh, I can definitely get a feel for the fact that it's more true with that last year. So yeah, uh, Brittany, this has been a great conversation. I think we, I love that it's been really tactical, and I think there's a lot that uh, managers and other startup leaders can learn from this. But I just want to thank you again for coming on. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Thanks for your time. Thanks.